N-Y-Y-S-T This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Swinging for the fences Knock it out the park This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Christian and Chris Of course SGR This is New York Yankee Sports Talk Call me New York Yankee Sports Talk Record rain and shine Grab your shades and umbrellas N-Y-Y-S-T You're hanging with the fellas Welcome back. This is episode 290 of the NYYST podcast. We're live on NYY News TV. I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. What's up, bro? What's up, man? I don't know. I'm exhausted today. Yeah. From the last two whoopings? The last two days of ass whoopings? Or just from the work day? Did you get whooped today? Is that what I had two yeah, days of ass whoopings if you're a Yankee fan. You got a, you got a spanked? I got a little spanky poo. Are you going to make $3,000 tonight? I think I am, bruh. Bruh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a little spanky poo on Sunday Night Baseball, too, in front of everyone. Uh, the Yanks end up splitting in in, uh, in Boston. They could have easily taken all, all four games here, but... Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. All right, let's uh, get into it in a minute, okay? All right. Okay. So, uh, I, I was going to say something. I completely forgot. You have you want, me to, you want me to do the bookkeeping? Is that what you were going to say? Uh, we're two minutes into the show and I already forgot what the hell I was going to say. Hey, listen, anyone listening, anyone watching, if you could please take a second, if you watch us or listen to us, I should say, on Apple Podcasts, please take two seconds to su- subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. Leave us a five-star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, please be sure to smash that like and uh, subscribe to the MYY News TV network. Also, please head over to patreon.com slash MYYST if you want to support the show and be a patron for as low as five bucks a month for some extra content. All right. Okay. So, the Yankees are off today. Cincinnati's coming to town. Okay. Uh-huh. Thank God. Uh-huh. I needed a day. You needed a day to breathe. To breathe. Now, normally, I don't know what the hell this dog is doing. Oh, I know why. I had a I had a bone in my pocket, and he still smells it. Mm. Mm. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Oh, your dogs aren't normal dogs. You have, you have like robot dogs. My dogs are the fucking greatest. Yeah, but they're not real dogs. Like you, you control them with like remotes and shit. Yeah. Sorry. So they're not fucking annoying. Okay. Okay. So it's like, press the button, dog goes outside. It's called you know, uh, like, it's called classical conditioning, pal. Yeah, okay. So most normal dogs, they they will wait by the door to go outside, right? Or, or you'll say, "Come on, dog, we yeah. gotta go outside." Got it, got okay. it. Okay. I I don't know. I've never I've never met a dog before that always needed to bring something with him when he goes outside. He has that fucking anxiety, dude. He used to give him the uh, he used to give him the doggy Xanax. Yeah, it's too early for that now. He gets that at bedtime. But if he doesn't have a bone, okay, he doesn't find a bone, and he's got to go get just find toy. something. He's, he's got to take something outside with him. I don't know. I don't know what it is with the store. Well, good for him, man. He's got a fucking OCD. Now he's hungry. I'm hungry too. Let's yeah, wrap this show up. Let's do I'm this. Want, let's get this let's over get, with. Let's get some chicken nuggets over here. Let's do it. All right. So the Yanks. Uh, Basically, they split the four. Well, not basically. It did happen. They split the four games with the uh, Boston Red Sox. So they went into uh, Boston with a 14-game leading division. And they left Boston with a 14-game leading division. It's the same thing that we talked about when um, 
they were starting that big stretch and we said we would take seven and six, but it's all about context, right? Like if they win the first seven games, obviously then you're not going to be happy with them going seven and six. So, you know, I was okay with them splitting because basically at this point in the season, it's about eliminating games off the schedule. Sure. So if you take four games off the schedule with Boston and Boston gains no ground, you ba- you did your job. Okay. Well, except for the fact that the Yankees took the first two games, should have taken the third game, and should have taken the fourth game. Well, no, yeah, yeah. Now, really, on Thursday, on uh, on Saturday, Clay Holmes missed his spot against Alex Verdugo. Right, he missed it pretty badly, and he got beat. And it still was wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He still. Did, you know, when most guys get beat when they miss their spot, the ball goes 450. He found the hole in the infield. So, I mean, Clay Holmes, even when he misses, he's still he's still kind of controlling the uh, the outcome. So, you know, I saw a lot of – I want to get your take on this right now while we're talking about this. A lot of people on social media were upset that Boone went to him in that spot. Like, oh, you can't go to Holmes there. Well, why, well, why can't you go to Holmes there? I mean, if Holmes is your closer – are you not going to ask him to get four, five, six outs saved come the postseason? Yeah, I, look, the the reason the fans, at least, at least what, from what I've seen, are are even thinking that way is because the Yankees' numbers are so bad in save situations in the eighth inning. I mean, you heard that the other day that the Yankees actually don't have a ninth inning or later blown save. Did you know that? Maybe oh, not. Maybe not. Or later. Maybe it's just ninth inning. This is the first uh, Saturday. Was the first game I believe all year that they lost when they had a lead in eighth inning. Uh, maybe. Yeah, but no, all their blown no. saves have come in the eighth inning. So. Okay. I mean, I guess. I guess maybe they just meant not. Maybe just not in the ninth because I'm thinking in extra innings. Maybe if they took the lead on the road they, and then they lost, like against the Red Sox the other day, that would be a blown save. But, uh, but yeah, uh, that was the first time. So I think a lot of people are like subconsciously against that. But there's so many different layers to the context here. Like right when the chat opened up for the live show tonight, someone said immediately that the split didn't hurt us. Well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, that's the... I guess that's the one thing you have to walk away with is is exactly what you said, but you got to kind of peel back that onion a little bit because at the very least, you could say this team should have taken the series, right? So it was almost like after they took the lead in the third game, you're just like, oh, wow, they're going to win three in a row, possibly sweep. Then they lose that game, heartbreaker. Fine. Then you come back out the next night and you're thinking, oh, at least they'll take this game and still take the series three to one. And then they lose that one too. And it's just like kind of like daggers. And it and it's more of it's not so much that it hurt us at all in the standings, of course, but when you have an opportunity, how many times do we talk about this year in and year out? And I'm not saying this team is anything like teams of the last few years. But at the end of the day, it's like how many times do we sit here and talk about how the Yankees need to stop on stop on their stomp on their throats and just and just eliminate a good team and they just can't seem to do it, and it's very frustrating. I think Boston's eliminated, bro. I'm, I don't know what you're worried about. You're, you're worried about them blowing the lead to Boston? No, no, but no, but there's going to be an October, right? 
And we're going to face either the Red Sox or the Astros in October. So the Yankees had one either. Even if the Yankees swept this weekend, they were still going to be faced with a possibility of facing the Red Sox in October. Okay. My point is they don't know how to just put away good teams and, and dominate in that sense. I'm not saying they're not a dominant team. And I'm not saying that they haven't beat really good teams. You know what I'm saying. These last two games had to had to have been won with, with where they were in the game. And if you want to excuse Over, them for one of them, fine. But you can't lose both of those games. Over 162, your closer is going to blow a game. Okay, It's going to happen. Clay Holmes has been perfect all year. He gives up the hit to Verdugo. They, he blows the save. Wandy Peralta has been great all year. He blows the save. I mean, it's going to happen. You don't want to see it happen. It's going to happen. So, to me, it's not even that's not even that big of a deal. What my my what the big problem coming out of this weekend is is that our starting pitching, all, all pretty much everybody that took the ball, except for Jordan Montgomery, got rocked, and it just goes to show you that you know were we blinded by that by that that stretch that they had. No, they were just dominant, taking no hitters into the seventh inning every night. Okay, fine, fine. We can go there. But you can't sit here and tell me that those two losses were acceptable. That you can excuse one of them, but you can't lose both of those games. Fine, you can't lose both of those games, but you're up 14 games in the division. I'm not going to lose over it. Bro, okay, but there's a mental aspect to this too. There is, whether you want to admit it or not. Look at what this team does when they're all hitting, right? Look at how contagious this is when this team can't. Look at how contagious it is when they can't hit. They almost went two games without getting a hit. Okay. So it's also contagious to be in Fenway Park and to walk away thinking you can't even protect a four-run lead without this team coming back and you and your well, best and your best relief pitchers aren't able to shut them down that's a big problem for me he did on fucking thursday night so he blew a game on saturday it, what, i mean it's still to me you cannot let that team walk away with a split series when you act technically should have swept i will i will allow one game to say okay fuck it you know things happen but you cannot walk away from that series being okay with the Red Sox actually taking the split when they had no right even winning one one of those games. You know what? I'm not. I'm okay with anything right now, to be dead honest with you, because nothing that happens in this regular season has any bearing on what is going to happen in October. Oh, the I think Yankees you're so wrong to, about that. The Yankees are going to coast into October. Oh, yes. Okay, fine. Okay. They can so do that with their eyes closed. Happens, whatever happens here has nothing to do with the Yankees need to do the, the Yankees need to become a better team at the trade deadline. If they don't do that, nothing is going to matter. Okay? So they could lose this game, they could lose that game. People are going to get upset. It's fine. Your fans you want to overreact to shit, but to me, the Yankees have built up enough uh, uh, put enough money in the bank here where they can lose games like this and you shouldn't have to sit there and worry about what they're what's going to happen to them over the rest of this of the re, of this regular season. I don't worry I've about been, the regular season. I've been saying this from for months now. No matter what happens in the regular season, none of it's going to matter if the Yankees don't get better at the trade deadline. That's what the rest of the season is about that they have to become good enough at the trade deadline where they can defeat the Houston Astros. At, 
in the ALCS. And yeah, you want to you want to take whatever you want to take out of this series with Boston. The Yankees are better than the Boston Red Sox. Okay, the Yankees. If you don't pitch well in Boston, you're going to lose. It's going to happen. It doesn't matter who who how good the Yankees are versus how good the Red Sox are. We've seen it time and time again. The Yankees did not pitch well in this series. One guy did. His name was Jordan Montgomery. Other than that, nobody pitched well in this series, and they lost two games because of it. So unless the Yankees are going to start closing the holes on this roster, nothing's going to matter. We can sit here and talk about this, talk about that. It doesn't matter. Brian Cashman's got to fortify this team come the trade deadline, okay? Well, that's for sure. I'm not going to complain about that. Zach Brownish, thanks for the super chat. He said, where is SGR? The show is amazing. Just asking. SGR has had a crazy schedule. We we're hoping he returns soon to the show, um, and we will let him know you were asking for him. Uh, send, it, send it notarized. Okay, okay I'll, do a, uh, I'll do a edible arrangement. Okay. Edible arrangements, okay. You know, I'm, getting, I'm I'm actually getting tweets last night of people saying, well, they're going to blow this lead. No, they're fucking, they're not. The Yankees are not blowing a 14-game lead, okay? It's not going to happen. There are enough bad teams in the American League. And, in fact, If they blow this fucking that. lead, dude, I will literally shave either my own pubes or have you mail yours, and I will literally glue them to my face, and I'm not kidding. That's what I'll do. That's how confident I am. There are too many people out there that claim to be Yankee fans. They just want to be miserable about the team. There's nothing to be miserable about right now. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to lose games to the Red Sox. Fine, but but really, what does it mean? It means that it all it is is showing us is that they they have holes. We know this. They didn't get exposed this weekend. All it shows is that we they have holes on this team that they need to fix, which I knew that fucking a month ago. Let me ask you a question. What what would you say the the percentage is if this team were to exactly the way it's constructed now? You can even, you know, throw in the additions that are coming back off the IL. What's the percentage that this team, the way it's constructed, could could still win a World Series? They have a they have a fifty fifty shot of winning. So think about that for a second. They're still good enough to to still have that chance. Imagine passing up on the opportunity to really solidify this this roster. You can't do it. You can't justify it. So what this weekend has shown. This is what I want to really want to talk about about this weekend. The Yankees need help in the bullpen because yesterday we saw that they needed they they need help in the bullpen. You go you you have a game like like Saturday night. Re-exhaust all your big arms. You don't win it. It's going to happen. Over 162, it's going to happen. If you're making a big deal about Clay Holmes based on Saturday's game, go jump off a bridge. Seriously. The guy's been fucking filthy yeah. all year long. Can't be mad at him. Can't be mad. Even Juan, Juan Peralta came into the game with a 199 year right. If Josh Donaldson turns a double play there, what are we even talking about? And, well, that's very true also. And Wandy Peralta, if you remember, started... And we were just like, okay, this is the Wandy Peralta that we thought we were getting last year. Like the we thought the we thought the flame, you know, went out with Wandy. He started, he couldn't he couldn't get an out. This guy, so that one nine ninety ERA is pretty fucking impressive, man. That that means he's really shut teams down since since his struggles early on. But uh, real quick, MMI News, Ruben, 
Thank you for the super chat. He said, splitting the series still shows some of our worries we had. One, Cole keeps shitting the bed versus Boston. And two, our lineup is too top-heavy. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into uh, the Garrett Cole woes. But I just, I think it's beyond, I think it's more, it's more what Christian said, just showing the holes everywhere. It's not just the lineup. It's not just Garrett Cole. It's, it's kind of everywhere. It's, it's, we're watching a, a really well-constructed team, very strong in a lot of different areas. But when they face really good teams and they can't seem to put them away, you, you see them get exposed. And you see where their weaknesses are, despite being as dominant as they've been. They're like twenty-eight and eleven against teams with five hundred. No, weapons, exactly. So. That's how good they are. But when they do lose, when they do get exposed against a good team, you see where their holes are, and you see where where Brian Cashman can see where has work to do. They, we saw where their holes were when they played the Oakland, the Oakland Athletics. It doesn't matter who they play; we know what the holes are. They need help in the bullpen. It was evident yesterday. He couldn't go to Michael King in his sixth inning yesterday because he used him for for multiple innings uh, on uh, on Saturday night. So he goes to the role as Chapman. Now everybody, you can first of all, I don't. I love DJ LeMayu, but I don't know what the hell he was doing out there yesterday. And you, yeah, and first, his head was in his ass yesterday. And fine, you want to? I'll give you want to give him a pass. Fine, whatever. The guy's been so good for this team that. If he has a if, if he has an inning like that, you you can kind of just like okay. I don't think he's had an go. error, huh? I don't think he's had an error. The guy, right? But that doesn't excuse a role as Chapman for his performance yesterday. No, the guy still couldn't find the plate. Yeah, it's a big problem. If, if you're a role as Chapman, DJ LeMayu makes the first boneheaded play where I didn't see it live. It was bad. He had got his glove on it. Could Judge have gotten there? Maybe. You know, I heard Boone Was say it Judge that or not... Stanton? No, Judge was in right field. Well, well, I'm sorry, but technically, that's on the right fielder. If he doesn't feel confident enough to to call him off. He called them off. That's the outfielder's ball to call. The LeMayu called him off. He I know that. Be... But as oh, an outfielder, called... that's not your job. Your job is to say, no, motherfucker, I called him off. Now, DJ's job is to not call off the fucking outfielder. And if you're going to, you better make the play. Whatever, right? So, how about picking up DJ LeMayu there? Nah. Nah. How about, how about throwing strikes, getting guys out? And and it was, he got, it, it was almost like, um, was it Duran? I want to. Whoever he struck out, he struck out the one guy. He he swung at like four balls in, in the at bat, and I think Vasquez struck out on a ball too. He, he helped. He helped him the whole at bat. But you know, yeah, and you can say, "Oh, Lemay, you do, fine, whatever." How about how about like I just said, pick up DJ Lemay, you throw strikes, get somebody out. No. He doesn't. He walks and he compounds the problem. He's lawn darting. <laughs> he lawn darts fastballs. Yeah, it's wild. I've never seen a guy consistently throw fastballs in the dirt the way a roller's Chapman does. <laughs> What's the old? If, you, if he came into the game tomorrow, let's say he comes into the game tomorrow. Over under fastballs over in the under dirt. Fastballs in the dirt. Would you set it at three for the entire inning? Three and a half. That would be your over under. Three and a half. Three and a half, would you take... Coming off the last two outings, three and a half, I'm taking the over. 
Exactly. I might tease so it a little bit. You're expecting four balls. You're not even like you're saying he's throwing a splitter. He's throwing a slider into fastballs in the dirt. It's a bad look, man. You know, and then Miguel Castro, he's, you know, it's, he's either great or he's terrible. And he mm. was terrible last night. And that's where the game got away from them. So that's showing you right there that the Yankees need help in the bullpen. We know this. Now, why why were the Yankees in a position where they had to put where where Aurora's Chapman's coming into the tie game? Oh, well, well, that's Mr. Jamison Tyone, who thought he was gonna be, you know, securing a nine-figure deal in the in the offseason being a free agent. I don't know anymore. Not looking so hot now. He's been terrible the last month. Terrible ever since the Pittsburgh start. No, well, that was his second start. That was two starts ago. He's been bad for a month now. Has it been before then? I feel yeah. like before then, though, he's at least maybe started, gotten knocked around a oh. little, but but found his shit. Well, his last two starts have been really bad. The last two been, starts have gone off the rails. He's been pretty. He's been pretty mediocre for like three or four starts previous to this. Yeah, I agree. Mediocre is a good word. He's oh, zero is over four now. Yeah, it's crazy because. I said last night to my wife that uh, just a, just a month or so ago, his ERA was two point three or something. Yeah, like before this recent stretch, he he seemed like he was going to make the All Star team. Yeah, I mean it's uh, you know I try I I love the Yankee TikTok where Nestor Cortez is told that he's making the All Star team, and it's almost like you watch it and it was great, good feels, whatever, but it's almost like. Yeah, but like kind of a little bit, like just a little. That sparkles kind of dimming down. Yeah, it is. And and it, and it really it makes you wonder what this team has to do pitching wise to solidify themselves. They need to go out there and get an arm. They they can't But who's the a, odd man out? I, I, it's dude, tough. Look, look the same thing we talk about with uh, with Chapman, right? You owe him nothing. He's a free agent at the end of the year, right? Yeah. If Jamison Tyone's going to yeah. continue this, if Jamison Tyone's really going to continue this, why not pull him from the rotation? Listen, I, I, I normally we don't respond unless it's a super chat because there's just so much to go off of. But you know, someone just said that Jameson Monty and Jamo are shit. I gotta correct you just a little bit. I don't know. I why think James. I think Jamo has definitely been shit for sure the last month or so. But Jordan Montgomery, man, I can't say a lot of bad things about that guy. Even through the shittiest of times, even when all the pitching is shit, you still pretty much know what you're getting out of. Out of Jordan Montgomery, what did? How many runs did he end up giving up? Two, I want to say. He won like five and two thirds. Gave up two runs in that it's game. The best outing we're looking at so far. I mean, I can't. I'll, I'll rip every other pitcher with you. I really will at this point. I think over the last month or so they've been really bad, but Jordan Montgomery deserves no deserves no shitting on. I don't think at at this point. I'm just being, and I'm the guy who usually shits on him first. Montgomery. Know? I hate the way Susan says his name. Montgomery. Montgomery. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, 
a lot of different holes. What's going on with like uh, Zach Britton? We is he dead? Is he throwing? He's gonna, I mean, we can we can. I just want to finish talking about Tyone. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. sure, Tyone. Sure. You're, you're given a you're given a a, a four nothing lead. You give up a two run home run. Mm. You give you give then the Yankees tack on two more, and then you, you give it all back. Yeah, can't happen. I mean, it, it's getting frustrating now because you're watching a rotation that was great, you know, really start to show the cracks that we were worried about in the off season, you know, and you're still looking at a scenario here where the Yankees, you know what the Yankees are going to do. Luis Severino is going to have start skip because of his innings. Nestor Cortez is going to have start skip because of his innings. Even Tyone is probably going to have start skip because of his innings. So mm-hmm. what does that leave you with? Garrett Cole is going to take the ball every five days. And then what? Monty, too, probably. Monty is probably the only other one that's built up enough to give you 30, 32 starts this year. You're going to have to get somebody. And you want to tell me, yo, I could do J.P. Sears here. I could do – that's fine. But that's – what is that going to do? Are you, are you going to hand the ball to either of those guys in, in October? No. You know, if Jamison Tyone's going to continue this trend or, or Seve's going to hit a wall because he hasn't pitched in four years, you need somebody that you can give the ball to in the postseason. Well, Christian, I know you hate to admit it, but I have to say if that if the ball's being handed over to, to face the Red Sox at Fenway Park, you can't even really feel comfortable handing it to your ace right now. I want to talk about that for a second. So so yeah, I mean we we do need to add some uh, ammo to the starting rotation for sure. Again, on Thursday night, what happened to Garrett Cole? He pitched scared. He pitched scared. Look, there's a term that I like to use, and it's called a "fuck you" fastball. Mm-hmm. And it's when your fastball is so good that you can say, fuck you, you can't hit this. Yeah. And he had he had that on Thursday night. Would he really did. No, he did. He had that on Thursday night. He had probably the best fastball I've seen him he probably year. You're probably 100% right. And because he pitched scared, he gave up two home runs to Rafael Devers. Not one, but two of them because he was scared of them. And he wouldn't throw his fastball to Rafael Devers. And then you got these fucking nerds, these fucking virgins on Twitter, <laughs> the, the ones, the anonymous hoodie accounts, call me an idiot and a moron because they had what he slugs off the fastballs and what, whatever, you know, whatever fucking Devers. Rafael Devers is a great player. Who's denying that Rafael Devers is a great player? Do you know that Aaron Judge is slugging percentage? Versus uh, breaking pitches and and, uh, and fastballs, the, the difference is like ten points. Like he slugs like seven ten against fastballs and like seven oh two against breaking pitches. So what does that tell you? He's fucking great. He does get. He hits everything. Rafael Devers is a great player. He hits everything. And even if it, and even if there's a big difference in between, which I think it might have been, right? I think it might have been like 150 points. But let's say that there was a big difference in between what he slugs versus off-speed versus fastballs. How many of those guys that he hits home runs off of are bludgeons 
their fastballs. How many of those guys are throwing a fastball that Garrett Cole has? And and then on top of that, the fastball that Garrett Cole had on fucking Thursday night. How many of those guys are throwing that fastball? It just goes, it goes so. So do me a favor, print your fucking stat sheets out and then fucking wipe your ass with it and then shove it down your fucking throat, okay? Because there's no reason that Garrett Cole should have been afraid to fucking challenge Rafael Devers on Thursday night because the reason he gave up those fucking home runs is because he was afraid of him. And again, I love the guy to death. And I will be, and I am not telling you that I'm, I'm backing off saying that I'm a Garrett Cole apologist because I am. Okay. You want to fucking put it on my tombstone when I die? That's definitely great. I don't care. Okay. I'll consider it. But my problem with it, and I have to be fair, my problem with him is he's, he gets in his own head and he pitches scared. And you know what, Chris? And, and here's where I think that he might have turned the corner a little bit this year. He got tired of fucking getting bitched out by fucking G-Man Choi, and he started fucking challenging him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he hasn't hit off of him all year. And he hasn't hit him off all year. So what? why? Why did he not have that same approach against Rafi Devers? Because he's not built the way we're used to seeing an ace. And I'll give you a prime example. We can say this almost definitively without ever having any firsthand knowledge of a situation like this. But if CC Sabathia is preparing for the, the Red Sox game in his prime, and he knows that Devers hits fastballs really well, do you think that CC Sabathia in any capacity doesn't believe that his best pitch is better than Whatever Rafael Devers can do off of it. Uh, I think CC is going to go with what he feels is his best pitch at that time. You want to know why? Because no one fucked with CC Sabathia. No one fucked with him. And that's how Garrett Cole needs to be, man. I don't give a fuck if Devers hits 99% of his uh, home runs are off fastballs. I don't care. When you're Garrett fucking Cole, you are supposed to have the best fastball in the game. You're supposed to not be scared of what other players can do off of your best shit. You are supposed to be confident that your shit, that your best stuff is better than what anyone else in the entire league can do off of it. You don't get beat by that bullshit. So I'm not buying it. And I'm really fucking pissed off at Garrett Cole because you're right. You're 100% right. That might have been not only the best his fastballs look, but just overall the best I've seen him all year. And he still got fucking beat by him. Ruben, thanks for the super chat. He said, Cole throws it down in the lefty wheelhouse, down and in. When Devers struggles with top of the zone, heater slugging 480 instead of 700 down there. Yeah, I mean, again. And where did those balls wind up? They were down in the zone. He threw a changeup and a cutter. Sure, 100%. But again, I'm just going to go back to... If you're Garrett Cole, you know how to get this dude out. You know what's working that night. You know what your best pitch is, and he stayed away from it. Let me talk to this guy, bro. I feel like I could fucking get in his head and 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 pump. Like, somebody's not saying the right – look, there are sports psychologists out there because guys, even as great as Garrett Cole, get in their own heads and they doubt themselves. Somebody's not saying the right things to him. He needs to hear what I'm fucking telling him. You're Garrett Cole, bro. You had a fastball that nobody could fucking touch on Thursday night, and you refused to throw it. And here's my big problem, Chris. If we're going to go down with this guy in the mound, I got to go down with him swinging. I got to go down with him on his fucking shield. I got to go down with him with his best pitch. He cannot fucking go down with his third and fourth best. His cut, he didn't even throw a cutter before this year. You can't go down with that. No. 
And <clears throat> and you're worried about him in Fenway Park, and it's fair. And because I tweeted this a couple of weeks ago, and I wanted to and I and I wanted to just reiterate this. This is his home road splits this year. You want to look? Yeah, they're bad. Him? Yeah, let me hear him. Okay, Garrett Cole. Uh, his this is updated. Home, yeah, this is updated. His ERA at home. Now, mind you, he's pitched pretty much the similar amount of innings, 50.2 at home, 48.2 on the road, all right? Okay. In that span, at home, he's allowed 13 earned runs for ERA at 2.31. Phenomenal. On the road, he's allowed 23 earned runs for an ERA of 4.25. Night Strikeouts and day. Sim- Strikeouts are similar, but here's where he gets himself into trouble on the road as well. Seven walks at Yankee Stadium. 22 on the road. Crazy. Now, you would think a guy that pitches, uh, you would, because he's mostly a fastball pitcher. He, he's a fly ball. So, a lot of fastball pitchers are fly ball pitchers, right? Would you agree with that? Yes. So, a guy that's going to pitch, is going to give up a lot of fly ball strikeouts and fly balls are basically how he gets his outs. Why does he command the zone so much better at Yankee Stadium? It's almost like he's, he's fearless at Yankee Stadium, like he trusts himself there. Way more than he trusts himself on the road. It's called the uh, reverse Sunny Gray effect. It's when you have the balls to do the job, but then you forget you have them when you leave the stadium. It's like he attacks more at Yankee Stadium, knowing that where he could get beat on a cheap fly ball, but he doesn't care there. Here's the thing. Think about this. Think about this logically for one second. Okay. When Sonny Gray pitched in pinstripes in front of the Yankee Stadium crowd, he was reminded that he didn't have the balls to do this. When Garrett Cole pitches in front of the Yankee Stadium crowd with the pinstripes on, he's reminded that he does have the fucking balls to do this. And if he's the true ace, man, he has to remind himself of that every single game in front of any crowd. So... I mean, it is what I mean. It's 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 right there. I mean, the Yankee. You hate to say this, but like the Yankee, he's going to have to pitch on the. He's going to have to win a game on the on the road in the postseason. If the Yankees want to win the World Series. It's just going to have to happen. It's true. But if the Yankees have to look at this and say to themselves, if I can maneuver something where he pitches mostly at Yankee Stadium in in the postseason, I kind of have to do it right now. He's so much better at home. He's everything you want him to be, everything that you're paying him to be at Yankee Stadium. Two things. You know they're not going to do that because they're they're going to put on this fucking little theater, little theatrics for us and tell us that uh, you know, their ace doesn't need to be at home. Just like they told us he doesn't need a personal catcher for how many years. He still has yet one. still trotted one out. He still has one. And you notice still, how Tre- yes. Trevino catches him now. Yeah. So it's Who, like, by the way, if you didn't see his video when he got told that he's going to be an all Oh, I did not. That, that was fucking awesome. I love that dude, man. I really and do. And he's joked too, dude. The guy hits the weights. Love that dude. I tweeted it yesterday. You tweeted so it. He tweeted it. It's such a good, it's so cool. I really love that dude. I, I'm definitely going to watch that. Definitely, dude. Definitely. I was happy for all the guys that got named yesterday, except and I and again, like I love Garrett Cole, man. That's my that's my dude. I'm going to ride with him until can't ride that no more. But he didn't deserve to be an all star. No. Yeah. Well, did you see? Uh, I don't know how it ended, but did you see that? Uh, 
Tatis Jr. had the most votes for shortstop or whatever. He hasn't played a game all year. Yeah. Yeah, well. That's a popularity vote for the most part. And, you know, I love – and, again, G's my guy too. I love Stan. He doesn't deserve to be an all-star this year. Oh, man, I can't wait to watch this video. He is pretty jacked up, huh? Yeah. Wow. Good for him. Yeah, oh, and then Nestor – did Nestor get out of the fourth inning on Friday night? I don't believe so. So, you know, I don't want to rip on Nestor, man. I think I think the Yankees have gotten way more out of them than you could have ever expected out of them. But, again, it just goes back to the point that we were making. The Yankees need to get some starting pitching. You know, and, you know, there was a report out there that the Dodgers are having preliminary discussions with the Reds. Fine. You know what preliminary discussions are? Uh, hello? Hello, <laughs> guess this. This is the GM for the Dodgers. Hi, hi. You're the GM for the Reds. Would you, would you, would you possibly trade Castillo? Uh, yeah, we could possibly trade him. Okay, cool. I'll call you back. That's what a fucking preliminary discussion is. Okay, everybody's getting fucking worked up. Oh, oh, fuck Brian Cashman. The Dodgers are gonna make moves. You know that the Reds sent scouts to to Somerset a few weeks ago. I believe I fucking talked about that. What do you think they were here to do? I'll be the first person to say fuck Cashman, but not when, not with that. Or, or the the same guy JP Morosi was tweeting, "Oh, Yankees are look, Yankees need outfield help." They they inquired about Michael A. Taylor, who a lot of fans were like, "Fuck Brian Cashman, don't you dive in again?" <laughs> okay, first of all, uh, 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 this is Brian. Uh, uh, I know we want Ben Intendi, but if we can't work some, would you be open to trading Michael A. Taylor? Yeah, it's possible. Okay, bye. That's what that probably was. Yeah, okay? but yeah, but hold on. Here's where I'm not gonna play your game here. I 100% stand with the people who are pessimistic about about Brian Cashman making the right move here. I'm not gonna defend Brian Cashman. I would absolutely agree with that. I, I would definitely believe that report, and I but, would and I would not be shocked if he goes dumpster diving. I do. I have diving. zero. Oh, I have zero so faith in Joey him. Gallo wound up in the dumpster, but he go dumpster diving at the deadline last year. No, no. Okay. And I did. I give him credit for that. So what? So I know things. So the so the offseason kind of set him back a little bit from there. But let's give him the benefit of the doubt right now. Fine. For the trade deadline. Fine. Until it passes, then we don't have a reason to rip him right now. <sighs> and I think. Look, I think the look. I'm not going to defend Brian Cashman because I said that I wanted him fired at the end of last year. I thought it was time for regime change. And until they win the World Series this year, I'm going to. I still feel the same way. But I'm yeah. going to give him the benefit of the doubt okay. that he made big moves at the deadline last year. Not Andrew with Andrew Heaney, notwithstanding. Okay. 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 But I think the Yankees thought that they were a good team. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even say this. I think the Yankees thought they were a good team last year, and they thought the IKF Donaldson trade would kind of. You really believe them. that? I believe that's what they believe. Really? Yeah. Oh, yes. You're absolutely. that naive. No, I'm not that naive, dumbass. I think that. They, I so think then, so what, then, so then, you're admitting that you just think the or whole entire organization is run by a bunch of fucking idiots. I just said I wanted the general manager fired. So I guess, I guess you can. So you, so you're taking the, you're taking the incompetence over ignorance. 
I guess. Sure, if you want to put it that way. Uh, so you're telling me you think that they are incompetent of having a having an outlook on a of a winning team that you feel that those moves truly made them better that that was their genuine intention of well, not getting someone do you, do you think they made the trade to make themselves worse um i don't think necessarily to make them worse but think they made to the level to- of they were that they were speaking i think they knew very well I, what they were I, doing I think they also knew what they were doing is that they had a high payroll. They didn't want to spend money on a shortstop because of that, knowing that they also have to uh, extend judge, which we will talk about in one second. But I also think that they think not me. They think that they were not that far off last year, that they needed to tweak the roster and get younger and more athletic. And Hey, and that look, who are we to, who are we to argue? This team is fucking dominant this year. And I think Brian Cashman knew he has chips. He, I think he think I think in his mind, I'm not. He thinks that he has chips to play at the trade deadline. Yeah, if he's willing see, to play them. Okay, so he did last year. So let's see how he does this year. We'll see. Oh, you don't think? I mean, he brought in Joey Gallo and fucking Anthony Rizzo. What last chips year. did now he give he, up? He gave up. Well, he gave up a bunch of top thirty prospects. Oh uh, yeah, what was their names? Glenn Otto. I bet you don't know who he yes, is. Yes, I do, actually. Okay, that's the only one I can think of. Okay, so yeah, a bunch of top prospects. Real, a whole lot of hurting he did last year. Smith. I'm sure a guy's name was Smith. whole lot of hurting he did last year. Let me tell you something. You said it last week. We will remember those names next year if the moves that happen, that need to happen, happen. Because it's going to hurt a little bit. And the Yankees are going to have to feel a little pain. We will remember the names of the guys that get traded if the necessary trades get made. So let him let this deadline pass before we uh, deal. Dismantle I will agree with you on that. Okay. Okay. If guys start coming off the board, like like we said, okay, guys, when all the guys came off the board, that's when I lost my shit in the offseason. Like, same thing here. When all the guys come off the board and Michael A. Taylor is the big move of the trade deadline, then that's when we can fucking lose it. A deal. Because last year, did anybody see Anthony Rizzo coming here? No. Was that even on the radar? No. Did we love Anthony Rizzo? Yes. I mean, was that a great move by Brian Cashman? Yes. So let him, let him, I'm willing to, based on what, where this team is right now, I'm willing to let him work and then react to it on August 2nd. Cashman's okay? way better at the deadline than he is in the offseason of late. So I'll give, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And, you, and speaking of deadlines, uh, Jack Britton was a deadline deal a few years ago, and you're asking where he is. The Yankees think he can pitch late August, early September, but okay, okay. you're gonna throw, you're, you're gonna you're gonna throw him into and, and ask him to get big outs in, in October. No, exactly. So it's another. You know, but are you gonna ask Chapman to get big outs in October? I, I, you know what? You can call me crazy if you want to. I literally don't crazy. care what. I literally don't care what the what the return is. Trade him. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say you can call me crazy. You still ch- kind of trust Chapman in the postseason. No, I I over I, anyone else because I don't. There's I. I would actually rather bring Jabba Chamberlain back 
right now without you even know, throwing a pitch in the bullpen, just throwing think, him literally right out on the mound. I would trust him more than I trust. I Aroldis think he Chapman. weighs like three twenty now. I don't care. I don't know if he's thrown a baseball in four years. I would trust him on a mound without even throwing a warm up pitch more than I trust Araldis Chapman at this point. There's got to be a team out there that needs bullpen help, right? That thinks that they could that with a guy with Chapman's pedigree that they'll be willing to. And, and and you don't even have to take anything. Just just take them. Just take them, please. Take my shit off my hands. But and then you know if if that's a bridge the Yankees have to cross in October where he's he's going to go <laughs> and try to get what let's let's cross that bridge, okay? Yeah. There's nothing positive going to come out of him still being on this team. Nothing. Other than just being some type of a, a blanket for Boone to go to. In in six in a six six game in the sixth inning. Uh oh. Uh six is there. All okay. Right. All right. Did he even did he even look interested no. in being in that game last night? No. Why? Because he's a rollers chapman. He's pitching in the sixth inning. He doesn't care. Yeah. He's not you know? And he doesn't. He doesn't deserve. He doesn't deserve anything more than what Boone is. Boone has given him more than what he's deserved. Actually, I don't know who true New Yorker too is, but I still got a fucking wicked slider. Wicked uh-huh. slider. He said he'd trust me over Chapman at this point. Can you hit eighty? I struck my five-year-old son out today. Oh, that's good. In wiffle ball. If you can hit, if you can hit seventy five, I trust you more. I could definitely hit seventy five still. Uh-huh, so, so lefty lefty specialist. Yeah, yeah, man. Who is the last prominent lefty specialist? Ooh, Mike Myers. Yeah, probably, man. Probably, he was a Yankee for a while, right? Yeah, after he was bad. I met the Mike Myers actually at a Yankee game. He was sitting a couple rows ahead of me. Who, the guy from SNL? <laughs> yeah, the guy from SNL. Yeah, Austin Powers. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big Austin Powers fan. Fucking uh, Wayne's World. That guy. Uh, Wayne's World. Yeah, uh-huh. that guy. The, the, uh-huh. the fucking insanely famous actor, Mike Myers. Yeah. He's, not even, he's not even the most famous Michael Myers that there is. Okay? It's true. Do you think he's above or behind the pitcher? Above the pitcher, behind the serial killer. Okay, deal. All right. So, um, last night during the game, I don't know. I don't know what was worse: the entire broadcast from Saturday night, which was by far one of the worst nationally broadcast games I've ever watched in my entire life. Miserable. They were they were trying their hardest to make you think that that was Game Seven of the ALCS when. It it literally does not matter in the long run of the of the regular season. It doesn't. It just didn't. And I don't care what anybody else says. Okay. Or we have to sit there and listen to fucking Alex Verdugo be mic'd up during the game yeah. last night. Miserable. Thank God the Yankees haven't done this, but they did do a little sit down interview with uh, Cone and Judge that took place before the game. And I I had to stop and and rewind it and listen again because Aaron Judge says something pretty interesting. And I think we have we have the cut here. Hopefully yeah, I couldn't can... get it from the audio like I normally do on the uh like so direct audio, that, but I'm gonna play it from my phone. For anybody that didn't hear it, 
last night, uh, you know, Cohen asked Judge about the contract situation, and this is what Judge had to say. Stuff later, if we get it figured out before the year ends, you know, that'd be great. But you know, and we still, I still got great, you know, communication with, with all the Yankee brass, man. They're, they're great, you know, it's been a privilege playing here the past six, you know, seasons. And you know, I'm looking forward to hopefully some more. If we get it finished before the season, that'll be great. I remember someone telling me. That judge wasn't willing to negotiate contracts midseason. And I said that I just can't believe that. I'm sorry. I just don't. I think at this point he's fool. Don't you? Can we agree that he's foolish at this point? I'm not saying that he shouldn't because I, I believe when you're a player like Aaron Judge and you've said as many times as you've said that you want to be a New York Yankee more than anything else. I don't think he wants to go anywhere. I don't I think he wants to go anywhere. So I, so I believe it's the right thing to do. But in just a economical sense don't you think he's a fool for doing any type of negotiating right now with the season he's having no i don't think he's a fool i think he no i think he knows that he has he knows he has the yankees over a barrel here he knows it so they have to up their offer to him or he he would potentially leave i do believe he could potentially leave if they don't come off that number that they presented in spring training. But, you know, we were, we were all, we were all told the same thing that he wasn't going to negotiate mid season. And here he is on national TV last night saying that if it gets done before the end of the season, great. Well, why is it not done? What, what is, what is keeping this from getting done? What, what do you need to see out of this guy more you know what I love? It was so subtle the way he did it, right? The way he kind of laid the ball back in Cashman's court was very subtle with the wording he he chose. That, hey, I'm open here. I'm open for business. I'm just you know, waiting how, for it to happen. I didn't get the I because I, I just remembered it now, but Hal was on a conference call earlier in the week pretty much saying that they don't want to lose this guy. Yeah. Hal, you signed the <laughs> fucking checks, bro. Yeah. This guy just said last night he doesn't want to go anywhere. Uh, what what is stopping? What is stopping this contract extension from happening now? I mean, honestly, Aaron Judge didn't have to say anything yesterday. All he could have said to Cone was, "Well, you know, I'm focusing on trying to get a World Series with this team. Well, whatever happens, happens. We'll talk about anything else." He fucking said, if it gets done before the end of the season, great. I don't. And he said, I want to play more here. I, 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 I'm, I'm, at a, I'm just fuck, so, so frustrated right now that wh- what are we going to do? Is this going to be a big news story? Do, is this going to be a big thing that happens over the course of the All-Star break? Aaron Judge signs contract. The Yankees can't let this. They, they can't let this guy hit free agency. I have two if questions for all- you. If he's open to this, he can't hit free agency. I'm sorry. I have two questions for you. The first one is a little more vague. But as a fan, what does it do for you? I don't want to go. <laughs> oh, I don't want to go. As a fan, what does it do for you? If this guy, if the Yankees 
fail to sign him and he's in a different uniform next year. Just in a general be, sense. I'm still going to be a Yankee fan, dude. I can't That's fine. Know. Does it does it at least does it put some type of wedge between you and how you feel about the organization? Yeah, it's like you said it's like you said months ago whatever it is. Splitting You're always them. going to root for the players in the uniform. It's just would you it's just you would have to separate the organization right. from the players on the field. Okay, so here's my second question, a little more fun. What hurts more? Judge winning a World Series with the New York Yankees this year and then wearing another uniform next year or judge failing to win a World Series this year and wearing another uniform next year? Obviously the second one. Why? If they win any leaves, yeah. As opposed to they lose any leaves? Yeah. Imagine Jeter left after the first one. Okay, imagine that they don't they lose this guy and they don't win. At least I got the fucking World Series. But at least you have a you you don't have to sit here and say my guy who I should have signed just proved to me he can win it all and now I'm letting him go. Okay, do you want You have to look life? at the stupidity of how much worse it is from an organizational standpoint to let the guy who finally came to fruition showed you he can win to let him go and wear another uniform. So you'd rather not have the World Series? No, I'd always take the World Series. Okay, so what I'm saying what hurts here? more as a fan. Not having anything. At least I have the World Series. I'm talking in context of just the player. Looking yes. at him in another uniform. Okay. Does it hurt you more as a fan of that player, not the team, that he just won a did, World Series with did, you did and Adam now Judge he's... Did win a World Series with the New York Yankees? No. Then that is going to hurt more than if he did. You're just a dick. No, I'm not. I don't no, understand you are. your... No, you're, you're... It's just a stupid question and you know it and you're trying to make... Me I don't think it's a stupid, stupid question at all. It would it might hurt more just in a con, in a contextual level here of what I'm saying. It might hurt more to see Aaron Judge hold up a World Series trophy in the Bronx and then be in a fucking Met uniform the next year. Would you year. rather not have that memory? Would you rather not have that World Series? I don't know how I can justify rooting for the team who lets that happen. Then don't root for the team, but don't tell me that you wouldn't rather have the World Series. You'd rather have nothing than at least have the World Series? No. No. I'm saying I'd rather take it, but it still might hurt a little more to see him in a different uniform. No, I'll still take the hurt. I'll take the pain. No, it's going to hurt a lot more if he doesn't win the World Series and he leaves. At least I have. At least you have the World Series. Ask the Braves fans. Imagine that Freddie Freeman left and they didn't get the World Series. They I don't know. Freddie yeah. Freeman looks like he's hurting a little more than anyone else. But as, I'm saying, as, oh yeah, he, it's, yeah, that's that's another story. But as a Braves fan, that's their Aaron Judge. Freddie Freeman is their Aaron Judge. At least they got the World Series with the guy before he left. Imagine they didn't have that and they lost Freddie Freeman. You'd know. be devastated. At least I got something. At least this guy that was. He's my guy. At least I won with them. At least I got one with them. I'm not saying to choose between the two. I'm asking what would hurt a little more seeing yes, him. I'm I don't understand. I'm always going to take the World this. Series. I'm always going to yes. take it. I'm, but so I'm, I'm saying I'm also not might be taking a little more pain to see no, my not. guy I'm, go to a different fucking team who just proved to me he could win it all here. 
It's like Derek Jeter leaving after 96. Okay. Did I get the World Series with him? You just don't get it. No, and no, it would on. not be like Derek Jeter leaving at, after 96. It would be like Derek Jeter leaving after 2000. You know, it, you, you, create, you had no real emotional attachment to Jeter at 96. He was a rookie. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're right. You have to have the emotional attachment. For so, sure. Yeah, it's going to hurt Faux a lot show. more if we have nothing. You have nothing. Chris, if I tell you I have there's two $20 bills, you can have none or you can have one of them. You're going to take the one. You're going to take having one $20 bill. But does the one fucking smack me in the face every fucking day and make it hurt? Because I'm still, I'll still take the 20, but it might just feel a little more pain with it. To me, there's no more. You're not feeling more pain. You're just you have a dick. So, you, no, I'm not. You, you know it's a dumb question. For any intellectuals out there who understand what I'm, yeah, what I'm asking. You don't even know how to spell intellectual. Yeah. Well. I understand what you're asking, and it's stupid. I don't think it's stupid at all. Because no, I, I personally would hurt a little more seeing my guy, my champion... In another uniform. At least if we don't win and I have to see him in another uniform, I'm, again, still taking the winning of the World Series with the extra pain. But at least if we don't win, at least we still have hope in someone else. We let him go, and it's like, yeah, of course we're taking it. If that's the circumstances we're given, but it just might hurt a little more to see a champion in another uniform than, than not. All right, so... the the. At least then every almost every other guy wearing Yankee uniform in twenty twenty three is a champion. Would you rather have none of them be a champion and be reminded constantly about how you failed again and <laughs> lost Aaron Judge? No. Do you know that uh Robinson Cano got traded yes. to the Braves, right? I saw did that, you yeah. did you for cash considerations? Yeah, I don't think that even means anything. Uh, do you know what San Diego was paid for Robinson? <laughs> what a bag of fucking sunflower seeds! No, literally, literally, throw a number out there. What do you now remember? A dollar. That you fucking nailed it. A dollar. They were paid one dollar for Robinson. Canada. That was that's what does that remind me of? There's something legally where that happens, and it's kind of mind blowing, but it just has to show that there was a dollar. It's when you buy a car. You can't give a car to on the somebody. books. Yeah, well, you can give a car to somebody. You can gift it. But it's a pain in the ass. It's like a bunch of paperwork. Whereas if you just sold it for a dollar, then you pay the tax on the dollar, which would be like six cents or a sixth of a cent. And then it's a lot less bullshit. Well, 6% of a dollar is six cents. Six uh-huh. cents, okay. Uh-huh. So, yes, I, I read that. They paid $1 for, for, for Robinson Canada. And what do you do with that? <laughs> What do you mean? What do you do? What kind, what kind of player are you getting, admittedly, to your team that you're paying a dollar for? I mean, where do you go with that? Where do you, where do you make that a, a, a bright spot? Well, and but like, how do, you, how do you have that conversation? Like, oh, hi, hi yes, this is the brave. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's uh, like- Listen, uh, our second base, Ozzy Albies is hurt. I need a second baseman. Oh, yeah. I, I got Robinson Cano. Oh, shit. That sounds pretty good. Uh, what, what do you want for him? What the fuck do I know? Throw a number out there. It's a dollar? I don't know. It, it's like, I got a dollar. 
All right, fuck. Draw up the paperwork. You got him for a dollar. Like, how did? How did? Is that how the? It's like they put him up on fucking eBay auction for ninety nine cents, and someone swooped in at the last minute and bid a dollar. Done that? I would have bid a dollar on Robinson Cano. I could have had him come around here and do some shit. My question is: the Braves have have been such a powerhouse this last month. Yeah, but I I think what's hurt. Yeah, but yeah, but what? Yeah, but okay, fine. And you saying you want to catch lightning in a bottle with Cano for however long you need him. Yeah, and the Mets are in town. But so. you're paying a dollar for him. What is that telling you? He's washed. <laughs> so why are you looking to Robinson Cano when you are actually becoming a legitimate team right now? Because you got him for a dollar, and if he works so out, so it's for worth two it. Weeks, yeah, it's worth the shot for two weeks. Yeah, holy shit. So, yeah, I mean, we I brought up Michael A. Taylor earlier. I was looking at his numbers. He has a higher OPS than Joey Gallo, okay? Here we go. Uh, We're already apologizing for Cashman's failures. He's he's a a better defender than Joey Gallo. Cashman's hypothetical failures we're apologizing for. And he's faster. He's a better base runner than Joey. Did I say? Yeah, he's better. But if somebody said to me, I'd rather just keep – no, when I I quote tweeted that about – uh, Yankees talking about Taylor. And somebody said to me, I'd rather just keep Gallo. No, no. You, you really, you really wouldn't though. Trust no. me. You really wouldn't though. But because no, uh, yes, the Yankees, I would not mind. Honestly, I would not mind Michael A. Taylor. If there's another move to bolster the offense, I really wouldn't. No, before the deadline, everyone has to drop their balls out and pick a side. Are you on the side of, Anyone better than Joey Gallo works, which is literally anyone with a pulse breathing that is on a 40-man roster at this point. Even Aaron Hicks. Even Aaron Hicks. Okay. Are you there? Because I promise you, with that low of a bar set, you will be happy come come the trade deadline. Or is the bar, not only do we need to replace Joey Gallo, we need to replace him with someone who we can really pencil into this lineup, who we feel makes us a much better, well-rounded team that can win all the way through to a World Series championship. Because those are two different standards here. No, there are two different standards. But when somebody says, I would rather keep... No, you would not rather keep Joey Gallo. No, that is the worst. But I'm also not going to sit here and be like, oh, they got Tyler. He's better than Gallo. so, So, you know, Cashman technically did his job. Because that's not the standard. That's not the bar I'm willing to set here. Oh, if they got Wilson Contreras and Michael A. Taylor, I'd be okay with that. I really would be because I think they would improve a position. They would actually improve two positions uh, on their team. I would be okay with that if we also got some pitching help. If there was, there's layers to this. Michael A. Taylor can't be the only move. <laughs> there's layers to it. If they got Luis Castillo, David Robertson, Look. Contreras, and Michael A. Taylor then I'm fucking okay with Michael A. Taylor. Look, two things, two things can be true. The first is that Cashman has the pieces to get go out and get anyone that's available of any caliber to make this team a World Series contender. Okay, he does. The, also, uh-huh. the other truth is, the other thing that's true is all of us are going to have a different line that should be, that should have to be drawn by Brian Cashman to not give up big pieces for certain players. Now, that line for some people like me is uh, it doesn't exist. There should be no one holding Brian Cashman up 
from making a legitimate, I'm talking better than a Ben Nintendi type deal. I'm talking a legitimate deal. You can't give a Volpe for Ben Nintendi. No, you know you can't and I'm that. fine with that. But I'm saying if a guy comes along where the situation's much better with a much higher level player, there to me, there's no line. However, that being said, we can we can never sit here and say Cashman didn't have what it took to get anyone who's saying they're available because that's just not true. But again, we're all going to have different lines that need to be drawn according to how we value the players in the minor leagues. But whoever's out there is available to the New York Yankees because we have the chips to get them. And that's a fact. No, oh, yeah. Uh, anybody that Brian Cashman wants, he should not be stopped based on what's in the farm system. Agreed. I just don't know if there's going to be somebody available to him that will make him want to trade Volpe. Maybe not. Maybe not. And I mean, at this point, you fucking sold your soul for this kid. So, I mean, you have to, you have to get a franchise changing player if you're trading him. And I don't know that that guy is available, but there are guys available to make this team better, to fill the holes and pretty much everybody else is on the table. Right. And last year, I said that I would trade Dominguez for Scherzer to rent him, and I'm not backing off that. And if there was a, if, let's say Justin Verlander pitched for the fucking Kansas City Royals having his year that he had, I would still fucking trade Jason Dominguez for Justin so Verlander to rent him for the fucking rest of the year. Okay? I'm not backing off a statement like that. But the reason why I look differently at Anthony Volpe now as compared to everything else that has happened is because the Yankees sold out to, for this kid. They did. True. So if you're, if you're not going, if you are going to trade him, you have to bring somebody back in here. Somebody has to come back here. That's going to be here for five or six years and be a top level player. Like that's the, that's what we need back for him. And I don't know if that guy's available. So that's why I'm not every, so pretty much for me, everybody's off the, everybody's on the table except for Anthony Volpe. Sure. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. But there if there is a player that you don't know of that becomes available, that would that would deserve like if a return. Sandy Alcantara became available. The Marlins wanted to fucking trade him. And they wanted Anthony Volpe to highlight a package. And Brian Cashman said, No, I would expect you to be at my house within minutes of that news coming down and we're going to Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Okay, that, and then I think that's more than fair. So the, the conclusion of this, of my entire point, was a guy like Andrew Benintendi, what's stopping Cashman other than an irrational ask back? And if that's the case, Brian Cashman should be a little bit better of making it transparent how much of an idiotic ask that was if he doesn't get a guy like Benintendi. All right, so would you, you would, but would Brian Cashman trade Peraza for two months of Andrew To me, you can't, you can't, you can't hug both of these guys. You can't prop both of them up. I'm not saying that one can't play a different, whatever, but to me, it's just like, okay, if you want your one, fine, we'll give it to you. We're already conceding that. But Peraza's got to be the guy then that you're using to headline deals. And I think for, for this, but is for rent is Andrew Benintendi renting him? Is that where you're cashing in, Peraza? If no other available, better available 
outfielders come up. See, here's my thing with Ben Benintendi. Not only does he check the box of improving a player in this roster that we need to improve, he also checks the box of we need a legitimate outfielder too. And this dude is just all around a guy who puts the bat in the ball, makes contact, and I want in this lineup, and I want him out there in the outfield. He's not scared. He's not. He's not going to be scared. And he's certainly not going to be scared at Fenway. Fenway Park. Fenway Park. Where you? I don't know where he's going to park his fucking car, but he's not going to be scared. And this dude's a winner, man. So I'm cool. I'm cool with that. I think. Yeah, I mean, you would have to look at the price tags. I mean, honestly, if Ben, to me, yeah, you maybe you pull that. I think Brian Cashman's trying to hold out for something bigger to cash in Peraza. Oh, I don't know what else is out there that kind of just works. Well, what about Ian Happ, man? Why not Ian Oh, Ian Happ to, it, oh look, dude, if that happens, I mean, how many years of control would, would we have? I at think least another free, year? At least another year, yeah. Yeah, I think Ian Happ's a... Or do, or do you not want to touch anybody named Happ anymore? Yeah, probably not, but here's my thing. There's something about seeing Andrew Benintendi in pinstripes that just feels like that's the move. No, I agree. I can't explain I, it. I can't explain it. I think Ian Happ, logistically, just everything on paper, it makes more sense. He's a free agent after next season, Happ. And so it makes more sense, okay? I'm not saying that it doesn't. But there's something about Andrew Benintendi in particular that I just can't explain. This dude fucking rocked the Yankees. It didn't matter what he was doing that season. He was a fucking thorn in our ass. And I want that dude in fucking pinstripes this year. I think he could have that Rizzo type effect where he just fits. Like, it, yeah, it, the, the puzzle piece just fits in here. Yeah. I'm not even saying like, oh, we, gotta, oh, we don't even have to worry about signing. And a lot of people are like, oh, we, we, we rent him. We got, no, we don't have to worry about re-signing him. Let, let him help us win a World Series this year. And then we can discuss whether or not we're going to re-sign a guy or not. Okay? Yeah. I'm just saying, I think Brian Cashman, I, I think, honestly, he's looking to cash in for something bigger. I think if Peraza's his biggest trade chip, because I think in the Yankees' minds, they're not going to trade Dominguez, they're not going to trade Volpe. And Peraza would be then their biggest chip. I don't think he want. If you're telling me that Mike Trout, let's just say Mike Trout's a rental, then, yeah, you, you obviously you trade in Peraza. You, Peraza, you you cash that chip in, there, mm. right? I don't think Ben Intendi fits the profile of where you're on it for a rental of what you're cashing in your biggest trade chip for. So you'd be against it? No, I would fucking do it. You don't <laughs> think Cashman saying, will? I don't think Cashman will. Yeah, it's a tough look. I I can't. I still can't let him off the hook because. We can't have a whole episode last week where we talk about how Cashman's going to have to feel some pain to make the move that that gets him to the World Series and then also say that you understand or you can see if Cashman has a perspective of not giving up that top piece for a rental. You can't have it both ways. What do you think makes it hurt? The the rental part of it at the end kind of makes it hurt the most, I'd say. Because you're not debating if Benintendi can't help your team win. You're not debating if he's better than Joey Gallo. You're not debating if he can uh, perform in the postseason. What you're debating is is 
if you're willing to give up that piece for a guy who's gone at the end of the season. So that's the part that makes it hurt for me. And if we're going to sit here for an entire episode and say Brian Cashman has to feel some pain, well, fuck, man, that's not an excuse for me then that he's a rental because that's where the pain comes in. No, I don't, I agree with you on that. I'm saying I'm I'm trying to look at what he is thinking because that is of course what's that's going to be what he's thinking. But we have to sit here and ask us uh, as fans. I think it's going to, but I think trading Peraza for no. I think that's going to be something he doesn't really want to do. Period. So, for him to 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 pull a trigger on a move for Peraza is going to be pain for well, him. Yeah, and here's my thing: people in the chat saying you shouldn't. Ben Benintendi isn't worth Peraza. Yeah, maybe on paper, you know, I can't disagree with you. But ask yourself, what's Peraza getting you right now? What's he getting you next year? What's well, I mean, what's he, going he, to be around him when he is ready to win a World Series? Well, he right now, I would venture to say he can't be worse than IKF. <laughs> oh, true. But my point is, you're you're so fixated on that he's a top 100 player for a rental, and I get it. But... If the Yankees don't win it this year, and I've said this in the past, we're in for a lot more hurting than than we've had. For a squirting or just hurting? It was squirting and a hurting. You're getting the double squirts and a hurt. Mm. Because if this team fucking fails, and we're trotting out Joey fucking Gallo. No. They're not good. Joey Gallo's not on the Yankees past August 2nd. No way. I'm telling you right now, man. A top 100 prospect means nothing to me right now for the right player. And I truly believe that you're going to have to feel some pain. You might not like it. And, and that's fair enough. And it's fair enough. And Christian just said it. He'd probably be a better option than IKF right now. Well, then bring him the fuck up. Bring him up. I said in the offseason, if, if IKF or Simmons or any of those types of guys were, why is if Peraza's glove was was ready according to everybody in that knows these things. If his glove was ready, why was he, why was he not the shortstop to start the year? Why did we need to bring Isaiah kind of fluff in here? I don't get it because the Yankees just don't seem to have a firm grasp on how to nurture these guys up into the big leagues where they see success. I, I know we've talked about it ad nauseum. It's, how many times have we seen a guy come up and just fail here or not even come close to, to the expectations? The Yankees seem to have an organizational flaw where they don't nurture these guys properly. And it's like, oh, I, I can't trade. I can't trade this guy, but I'm not going to play him either. Like, you know, everybody's like, oh, we're not going to make a trade. I want to see Foriel up here. I don't. I don't care. This guy's like dead to me because the Yankees have made me feel that way about him. Yeah. The same thing with Miguel Andujar. Yeah, bring him up. Sure, great. He's dead to me, too, because that's the way the Yankees make me feel Because you know it. they're dead to the organization. So. And maybe that's the reason why Peraza isn't the shortstop. Maybe the Yankees know that he doesn't really have a future here. And if that's the case, if they don't want to show how good he could be at short and then make it a di more difficult path for Volpe to take his position, then what's that saying to you in itself? If this guy should be up here right now and he's not, then that tells me that the Yankees really 
aren't concerned with what he's going to look like in pinstripes. So to me, that means trade him. You know, and the Yankees' uh, top draft pick last year, two years ago, Trey Sweeney's a shortstop too. I mean, like you can't keep everybody. Right. All right. So we'll wrap up the show here. We got a couple of questions slash comments from some of the fans on on, on the Twitter. Follow us at nyyst underscore podcast. Okay. 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 This is funny because I didn't even. I I'm just reading this now. We've been doing phone bits all all show long, and uh, this is Robert from Florida. Okay. Don Sicario. Yeah. <laughs> he says the. Does Cashman take the risk and give up the necessary players to improve this team to get over the hump? Because if the Yankees don't make the World Series, is Cashman's job? He says, "Oh, because if the Yankees don't make uh, the World Series, is Cashman's job on the line?" Thanks for taking my call. I'll hang up and listen. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, we've said it how many times? The Yankees got to they got to do something, and if not, his job better fucking be on the line. I mean, he doesn't have a contract for next year. He's not. I mean, Aaron Judge isn't the only one that's a free agent. It's Brian Cashman will be as well. And I'm sure, you know, and people like to say, well, if Brian Cashman doesn't resign with the Yankees, I'll have a job in 10 minutes. Well, that's good. Let somebody, let him go somewhere else. And he's been here for 35 years. I mean, eventually you need a change of scenery. If they don't win this year, I mean, again, it, it all comes down to how. Do I trust how will make the right move and get a new general manager? Sadly, I don't. But. His job, he should be feeling some heat right now, and he should be feeling like that Michael A. Taylor on its own is not enough to put the Yankees over the hump. And that's what I was going to ask you earlier. If I told you they make a trade with the Cubs, they get Robertson, Contreras, they make a trade with Cincinnati, Castillo, they make a trade with the Royals, Taylor. Are you all right with that? Are you all right with that? Is that okay with you? And they get D. Rob and. And uh, Contreras, you said? And, yes, they get D-Rob, they get yeah. Contreras, they get Castillo, but the outfielder they get is Michael Taylor. Yes, because you're, right. you're still solidifying big pieces and also improving. If we're talking about that lower bar now. You're also improving the guy who you've been slotting in that position. That's what I'm saying. A lot of what, if the Yankees do acquire, let's say they do acquire Michael A. Taylor, it's all about the context of what else they did. They did nothing, then it's fucking terrible. If they make other moves like this, then it's not so bad. True. LA Yankee King, thanks for the super chat. He said, my first offer to the Royals for Andrew Benintendi is right-handed pitcher Hayden Wisniewski and outfielder Everson Pereira, or Pariah, uh, number number seven and number 10 prospect. Yeah, maybe, man. I just, Christian said it last week. Why are they going to... Why is anyone going to give Yankees the the piece to put them over when they're You're easily two top ten prospects for for a guy to, for a guy to that should start. definitely do it and is a and is a free agent at the end of the year. I mean that sh- that should be uh, something that the Royals would strongly consider. Would the Yankees do it? I think if Cashman stays adamant enough on you know being per- and being persistent that. The Royals might ask start high, obviously, but they can break them down where the Yankees have better top 10 prospects to offer at this point than most teams can offer in the, in their top, you know, 10, 5. So I think that eventually the Royals will come to reality that they can still really add pieces to their farm and give up a rental. 
Uh, Joe Sag uh, says, after this winter where we passed on player after player, I can't buy that they're going to make moves at the deadline. Are you convinced? I mean, we just talked about this. It's I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt at the deadline because of what he did last year. If he yeah. sat on his hands and did nothing last year, then, yeah, I probably would be, be with you in, in thinking that. Backed up deadline last year, offseason this year. Right. But, you know, he did get Joey Gallo. And, you know, Joey Gallo at the time was a move that, 80% of Yankee fans, 85 want it and would have been mad if they didn't make. Yeah. He did. Agreed. You know, you can't, you, I mean, people are going to tell you that they could predict these things and that's fine. Well, why aren't you a fucking lottery winner then? All Seriously. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. But, you know, he was a guy that slugged 900. You know, he was a guy that played gold glove defense, left hander. We didn't have any. I mean, it, it made a lot of sense and Cashman got it done and then he went out out of nowhere. And pulled fucking Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo. So, I mean, we got to give him the benefit of the doubt for this deadline. When August 2nd passes and he doesn't do anything, then well, we're going to fucking kill him. Kill him. Not, fig- not literally. Not literally. Figuratively. Okay. Theoretically. Uh, okay. okay. Mark Ferraro asks, is the dream scenario for the deadline Benintendi and Luis Castillo? Yes. Yeah. I mean, look. Any players like that? Or them themselves, I will take any day of the week. Okay, right, and then we'll wrap up with Eric Bardis. I know there's plenty of talk around Ben Intendi, uh-huh, but what are your guys' thoughts on going after someone like Ian Happ? He says, "I don't the Cubs kind of owe us a World Series piece." <laughs> yeah, like I said before, I think Ian Happ, you know, taking everything into consideration is probably the the smarter choice. If assuming you'd have to give up the same amount, well, he had, he does an addition to his tweet that I also meant to include to try to add David Robertson to the pen. He goes, "That's where I would cash in Peraza." There you go. Yeah, if I'm getting Peraza, if we're doing a deal with the Cubs and we're getting happen and Robertson, I think you cash in Peraza at that point. Gotta. You have to. Even even though Hap's not a long-term solution, you're getting a guy under control for next year, fills a big hole this year, and you're getting another guy, even though he's going to walk, that you've had in your clubhouse. For a guy already. that's never seen a major league pitch, that you have zero clue what he's going to be as a baseball player. Zero clue. Zero. Zero. So, all right. Okay. We'll do the look ahead here. All okay. right. Uh, the the Cincinnati Reds are in town. All right. That's thrilling. Okay. Nineteen seventy six World Series revenge. Awful. All right. Where the frig is this? All right. So Garrett Cole is going to take the ball against Mike Miner. Well, I mean, if the Yankees. <laughs> what a fucking. Actually, no. Uh, Ashcraft. Ass crack. Ass crack. Ashcraft is pitching for the Reds on uh, on on Tuesday, so it's Ashcraft against Cole and Sevy against Mike Miner, and then uh, Castillo. Oh boy, Castillo against Nasty Nestor on uh, Thursday. All seven oh five starts. Would it would it should the Yankees do the right thing and bludgeon Castillo to yes. lower his trade value? I mean, hell yeah. And then the Red Sox are in town to close out the uh, first half. Of the regular season, I can't believe we're at the old. Our next show will be during the All Star break. I, I know, crazy. 
that's that's wild that we've gotten this far already. Crazy shit, man. So we'll be back uh, during. We'll go live during the uh, home run derby. Fuck we'll, yeah, uh, bro! Maybe we'll make we'll, a drinking game out of it. And uh, we'll discuss the first half of the year. We'll be back next Monday, the 18th. We'll go live during the home run derby. Okay. Okay. And and then, uh, yeah, that'll be the last time. Uh, This is our last last show before the All-Star break. Before the break. You know, I was thinking about this today, right? It's like you wait all fucking winter. The winter is so long. And then it just goes by. And then boom, like you're boom. in the middle. You're in the middle of July already. And Fuck. Like, I'm, I'm go- like, I'll be here next week, and then I'm going on vacation. When I get back, fucking summer's basically over. Remember when we didn't even know if we were gonna have a season? Uh huh. <laughs> you you were worried about that. I was. All right. So uh, thank you to everybody that's been in the live chat tonight. We thank you for your continued support of NYY. ST and NYY News TV. Thank you very much for listening and watching episode 290 of the NYY ST podcast. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at NYY ST underscore podcast. Uh, Chris, say goodbye. NYY ST. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk. Swinging for the fences. Knock it out the park. This is New York. Yankee Sports Talk, Christian and Chris, of course, SGR, this is New York, Yankee Sports Talk, call me New York, Yankee Sports Talk, record, rain and shine, grab your shades and umbrellas, NYYST, you're hanging with the fellas.